initially when I wrote my rankings, I did have Carolina at number one. And it was when I got to the Devils and I started looking through where I, I kind of changed the tune. You're now listening to the Voice in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Good evening and welcome to episode 182 of the podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne uh, with you for this one as our division uh, preseason rankings continue. Uh, This is our third out of four. We're going to be talking about the Metro division in the East, of course. Uh, Looking forward to to this one, Uh, but first, how we doing, fellas? Doing great. Had an awesome weekend. Was able to join uh, our friend Andrew Evans, uh, member of the No Name hockey team of the boys in the booth classic and his fiance Haley whalen for her or their uh, engagement party that was loads of fun and then on top of that what a sports weekend for me it was the giants in their biggest comeback since the 1949 tottenham coming back and scoring in the 107th and 109th minute extra time in winning their game against Sheffield. And then the Blue Jays winning a walk-off bottom of the ninth triple by Chapman, plus Devils development camp games I got to watch. So lots of last-second comebacks and hockey. What a weekend. Wow, sounds like a good one. Speaking of last-second comebacks, I also watched the Maple Leafs development game uh, in Traverse City against the Detroit Red Wings, and they ended up winning that 6-5 to five in the final minutes of the game. It was an absolutely crazy one. Uh, took away a lot from that game. Obviously, you don't want to read too much into it, but the one player on Detroit that stood out the most to me was Elmer Soderblom. That kid is going to be good. He's massive and he has sick hands and he looked like a man playing against boys out there. So it it was fun to watch that game. But of course, I was paying more attention to the Maple Leafs prospects anyway, but that he stood out for sure. But yeah, good weekend overall. Harper, how about you? Yeah, good uh, good weekend for me as well. Uh, Friday night, uh, got to call my first hockey game of the year. The uh, CCHL is back up and going now. Their season has just started. So back to doing uh, Braves games on most Friday nights. So that was good. Uh, the only hockey game that, uh, that I watched other than that one was on Monday uh, to see the Sabres prospects against the Penguins. It was the only game that they lost in the tournament. So wasn't feeling too good after that, but um, you know, still nice to get some uh, get some eyes on some of our good uh, young prospects. Zach Benson looked really good, even though they lost to the uh, the Penguins prospects. Uh, and uh, Braden Yeager got a goal in that game, by the way, as well. So, and uh, we're going to be talking about Pittsburgh and all the other teams in the Metro uh, in this episode. So that kind of ties in nicely. But uh, first, uh, Chad, you have another little silly game for us to to do uh to kick off this episode we have to get a better name for this segment because every time we're just like oh this little silly game that we're starting off the podcast (laughs) with uh i wanted to mention too before we got into that i think it's just hilarious that we are so starved for hockey at this time we're all watching these prospect camps which is the camp that happens before training camp which happens before the preseason <laughs> which happens before the season we are like four steps removed from the nhl season even though it 
is going to get started up here in another like three weeks. So, uh, but well, yes. Well, well, what it is, uh, sorry, before we get going with our yeah. game, what it is is like we're starving for hockey because this is the first full off season that we've had in probably three years. And I was saying to myself, geez, this off season feels long, but remembering that this is, you know, the first full one that we've had really since, uh, since the COVID-19 pandemic. So it's no wonder, but yeah, that's a funny observation for sure. Yeah, that's really true. Okay. So here's the silly game for today. As Harper likes to put it, we're going to play the classic game wavelength. Casey has a number that Harper and I do not know, and we're going to get right into it. It should be on the screen right now for those who want to play along on Instagram. But Casey, I'm going to ask you the first question, and I'm going to need you to give me a team in the Metro Division, because that's this episode talking about the Metro Division, uh, that corresponds with the number that you have. Give you the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay, so right off the bat, I'm thinking that's got to be a one or a two that's or, or a nine or a 10 rather it's got to be right towards the top harper do you, are you thinking the same thing with carolina yep yep thinking the same thing okay to you to you then with that next question okay uh case so next question nhl defenseman what do you got for me Ooh, that's a good one um i'll give you chris letang Chris Letang. Okay. So I'm immediately thinking a bit lower than a nine or a 10. I'm thinking like an eight because Letang is still a pretty good defenseman, but he's not winning a Norris trophy anytime soon. So I'm, I'm thinking eight. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll go with an eight as well. Yeah. Cause he, he's still a pretty good defenseman, even though he's, he's getting up there in age. I'll go with okay. an eight. Okay, my next question then, Case, is just forwards in the NHL. Hmm. There's just so many, like, you got to clump them into groups. Um, okay, I'll go with, I'll keep it in the Metro. All, all the answers have been in the Metro so far, and I'll say uh, Nico Heischer. I, I'm liking number eight right now, Harper. I think he sure is a really good forward, but if it's staying in the Metro, you know, he didn't say Jack Hughes. He didn't say Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, even though you might think that he sure is better than a player like Ovechkin. Kind of depends where you're at. But I think eight is, is fitting, and maybe this next question will narrow it down even more. I will say... Um for, for the last question, I will say one or two because I think it's maybe about um, Selkie Trophy candidates in, in the division. If Does that make sense? Well, I think you're meaning nine or ten. You're clo- close yeah, to nine the or top. ten. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm still leaning eight. But anyway, last question to you, Harper. Okay. Uh, so NHL goalies case. Okay. I will go... All right, then I'll, I'll go with Ottinger. Okay, I, I feel pretty zeroed in on number eight still because Ottinger, again, is a great goalie. I'm sort of between eight and nine because there aren't many goalies better than Jake Ottinger in the NHL, but I don't know, Harper, I'm pretty settled on eight. Is that what you want to go with for a guess or, or do you yeah, think higher? Yeah, I'll go with that as well. Okay, case final answer, eight. 
We were looking for nine. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, we almost had it. It was hard because, you know, when you when you talk about defensemen, I was kind of reserving 10 as that Norris candidate. And I was thinking, okay, who who comes to my mind in the Metro that's like that next tier? And Latang was just the first one that popped up. And I was kind of thinking the same thing with Heesher. You know, there's there's... Art Ross and Hart candidates, and then there's Salky candidates, and I think that Nico Heischer is, you know, right up there. Maybe, maybe he could have been an eight, but in my heart, he's a nine. And re- remember, it was my number, not yours. Yeah, so. that's true. Harper was on to it though, thinking that Heischer was up there as a nine or a ten. So, I mean, props to Harp. I think he was closer than I was. But anyway, that wraps it up as our first ever game of wavelength. I think we struggled through it, and and we're sort of successful in doing so so anyway throwing it to harper let's get into the regular episode now yeah that was uh that was good thanks for uh dragging me along there fellas that was uh that was good anyway uh all right let's get into the metro here our uh third of four divisions that of course uh we're covering ahead of the uh 23-24 nhl season and uh, of course uh these ones in the east uh, the metro and the atlantic are always easy to get up for and and cover so talking about the metro number one spot and uh Case, I, I, I know the team that, that you're going to pick to be in number one in this spot. So, uh, Chad, why don't we uh, go to you first with, with your pick for number one? What's up, guys? Thanks for making it this far into the podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show so far. I just want to let you know that we're still doing a limited time merch drop over on boysintheboot.com shop. We're selling t-shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, crewnecks, sweatshorts, slides, you name it. We're selling it at boysintheboot.com. So head over there and check it out when you can. Every single purchase allows us to improve the quality of our podcasts going forward. Plus, you get to wear some awesome gear too and support the boys. So we'd really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, so just to kind of give some context on this division, uh, last year we were pretty close to being bang on for most teams, at least in the range of where most teams were going to finish. The only team that we were pretty off on is the team that I'm going to pick to win this division, and that's the New Jersey Devils. Last year, guys, we picked them to finish at the number five spot. I think we were hesitant to put too much stock into some of their younger players and evolving and developing core, but the rebuild is over in New Jersey, guys, and Casey knows that better than anyone. This team is legit. Their top nine is stacked. Their young players are another year older and they have players ready to break out. A guy like Dawson Mercer comes to mind when I say that. Their defense, even though they lost uh, a couple guys on the back end with Graves and Severson, they gained a player like Luke Hughes and I don't think they'll be hurting in the uh, defensive categories this season at all. And in terms of goaltending, Kira Schmid, another full season with that guy, which is incredible in a 1A, 1B situation uh, with Vitek Vanacek. So I think this team top to bottom is better. And, uh, you know, they're a team that controls the puck really well. And I just don't see any other team in this division uh, being better than them in the regular season and getting more points. So I'm picking the New Jersey Devils to win the division. And I'm sure, Casey, that's music to your ears. That is definitely music to my ears. And you know what? When I was doing research for this, heading into the Metro, I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure that we're all locked in. Um, 
with all of these picks. I was so sure about it. And then I started doing research and I was like, you know what? I actually have no clue what I'm going to do here. And I was kind of hoping that you guys would give me some guidance. I think there's three teams that could win this division. No no problem but when it came down to it i did have the devils at number one they're obviously my team last year i was so sheepish on them and i can't be doing that anymore i gotta be bullish and this team looks so good when i say that i think that they're gonna be one point above another team in this division just as the devils were one point behind another team in this division last year the i mean when you look at the offense of this team last year jack hughes Breached the 40 goals. He'll be back there again for sure. They had two 30 goal scorers, three 20 goal scorers. Now they add to Foley into the mix with 34 goals last year and 73 points. You get a full year of Timo Meyer and you get lots of younger guys kind of getting a little more confidence, a little more ice time. Maybe Alex Holtz cracks his team. Andre Palak, can he get back to his normal self? I think there's just so much upside of this team on offense that, you know. I think goals are going to come in bunches for them. And really what I love about this situation is that this is what happens when you have a long rebuild. They're now solidified as a good team in this league and they have tons of internal competition. Right now, you know, like they added a Thomas Nosek, but he's going to be fighting for a spot with a guy like Nolan Foote and Graham Clark. So I really love the way that it's set up on offense. And then on defense, the top four is set. Siegenthaler and Hamilton was such a good pair together last year. Luke Hughes is certainly going to be playing with John Marino in my mind. Um, John Marino was one of the best defensemen for the first half of the year on this team. I loved the way he played. I felt so safe every time he was on the ice. And then when Luke Hughes was up with the team, he was noticeably one of the best defensemen on the ice. And then again, just like with the offense, internal competition with this team. There's Kevin Ball, there's Brendan Smith, they added Colin Miller, will Shimon Nemitz, will he make a push to make this team? I think he could. I mean, there's a lot on the right side with the Devils, but he's he looked really good in that that prospect camp and he looked amazing in the AHL last year. So I'm excited for that. I think naturally, you know, the pundits and other people are going to be saying that the question mark for New Jersey Devils is going to be in the net. But I have a lot more faith in, in uh, Vanacek than others do. He was excellent in the regular season last year. He fell off in the playoffs, but then Schmid, he was able to step up. And there's something about him. He's so calm. He's one of those goalies that, you know, it takes no movement for him to make saves. And you love to see that. And he just looks like it, he's he's a natural back there and i'm so excited to see the upside of that guy and if that doesn't work out they've got dawes shalgren kincaid like it's a depth chart back there so i'd really like to see them work on the power play it was decent last year but i felt that it was streaky at times scoring lots of goals and then disappearing for a while and their pk was excellent so i really like this team um you know for for the other teams like carolina and the rangers it's not that those teams are taking a step back by any means. It's that I think the Devils are taking a step forward, and I think that they will win this division. Yeah, I agree. It's a uh, a clean sweep, and and I've got the uh, the Devils at number one at the top of this division as well. 
they took a huge step forward last year and, and made a second round appearance, of course, beating the Rangers in the first round. Thank you very much. And, uh, and, and you know, lost to, to Carolina in, in the second round. But you know what? Uh, Carolina was, uh, it was and is still a damn good team. And this was such a great learning experience for, for Jack Hughes and company. And uh, now, you know, they... They're another year older, like you said, Chad. They made some nice ads in the offseason, bringing in a guy like Tyler Toffoli and Colin Miller for depth, and and the list goes on, and extending other guys that are going to be a part of that core for a long time to come. So now that these guys are a Stanley Cup contender, I, I think, and, and um, you know, with, with their high-flying offense and the progression of young defensemen like Kevin Ball and Luke Hughes, you can throw uh, Simone Nemich in there as well. I think that the goaltending will be fine. Healthy competition between uh, Vitek Vanacek and Akira Schmid, who really showed something in in the postseason for these guys. So um, I'm not uh, I'm not really too worried about that at all. And I think that it's the offense for me and just the the dynamic ability uh, in the forward group that uh, separates this team from a Carolina and a New York that puts them at the top of this division. So took a step last year, second round playoffs, now Stanley Cup contender. I like the Devils and uh, Case, you got to be excited. Yeah. And it, when you look at the completeness of this team last year, and you know that's before they take the step of this year, I think I didn't write this down, but I was looking earlier and I think they were fourth in goals for last year and eighth in goals against, whereas a team like Carolina was fourth in, in goals or second in goals against, and then like 15th for goals for. So, you know, it's just the two-way play of this team is is phenomenal. And and I think it's only going to get better. Um, so I, I just, I, I can't see them losing this. Well, sorry. No, I'll take that back because I did say <laughs> that three teams could win this division. And and I will stand by that. But um, yeah, why don't, why don't we get into Carolina then? Because yeah. I, I wasn't expecting a, a clean sweep of the Devils because I thought that you guys would just want to argue with me or, you know, make me feel small in, in some way like you normally do. So I was going to ask, do we normally do that case? <laughs> Something on your mind? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave that to my therapist. <laughs> yeah, let, let's get into Carolina then, because if I mean, if I'm reading the room correctly, I think we all have Carolina at number two. So, Case, why don't you just kick it off then? Yeah, I, you know, initially when I wrote my rankings, I did have Carolina at number one. And it was when I got to the Devils and I started looking through where I kind of changed the tune. But this team's still going to be so good. And they still have, you know, kind of the main core together and one of the best defense cores in the league and I think even improved over last year which you know I didn't think was possible so uh I kind of always have been doubting this team offensively over the last few years and maybe I'm, I'm rightfully doing that since they were 15th last year but you know they still succeed and they were missing a guy like Svechnikov for a good chunk of the season. And Patch Reddy was miss- missing for the most of the season. And they were able to bring in some guys that are going to be chip- chipping in. And uh, Seth Jarvis is going to be scoring more. So I, I kind of have settled down on the doubting of the offense of the Carolina Hurricanes, especially when they're just so good defensively. And, you know, 
they're going to keep the puck out of the net and and win close games and um it's easy to win close games when you have maybe the best coach in the nhl who who has really made this team into you know a powerhouse the last few years if they could get by a conference finals then yeah they're they're stanley cup contender for sure so uh what i'm really interested in heading into the season is what's going to happen in net i think that you know anderson and ranta are both two aging goalies that have struggled with injuries in the past and consistency there's times that you know anderson looked like one of the best goalies in the league and then at other times he was kind of absent back there and i'm I'm interested to see what they're going to do with that combined with the fact that they kind of have a three-headed monster going on here they have uh Kochetkov as well, who was pr- he was decent last year. He he looked good. He looked like he could be a backup in the NHL. So interesting to see what they're going to do with him. I think he's waiver exempt, which gives them some flexibility. But also, I don't know if they're going to be interested in doing that because they don't have an AHL team anymore. So if they loan him to the True. AHL, it's going to be with someone else's team, and then the playing time is not up to them. So do you send him down to the AHL to get playing time and then he sits on the bench with some other team's AHL team? I don't know. It's it's an interesting situation. And, you know, I think that's going to make or break even them being in second place or third place to the Rangers pass them if their goaltending fails them. So I'm interested to see what Carolina is going to do. I know they're going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to be right on the devil's ass all year. And, you know, it's going to be one or two points between the two. Yeah, I I mean, well said. Like, I agree with a lot of what you say. Going back to the goaltending talk, I really like the fact that they have all three guys coming back this year. I didn't anticipate that Mm -hmm. at all. I thought one guy would be out the door and Kachekov would be the 1B or or maybe even the 1A because he had such a great season last year. But you brought it up, the fact that he is waiver-exempt, you know, who knows what happens there. It makes it a bit easier uh, for the team to clear cap space if that's what they need to do even though it's not an ideal situation um, they could do that if they need right now just looking at cap friendly they have about almost a million dollars in projected cap space but that's with uh, Svechnikov on the IR so something has to give a few players are going to have to go down if Kachekov's one of them I wouldn't be shocked just given his status but I guess we'll have to see um But just talking about this team in general, I think their forward group got better. Adding Bunting and Jarvis uh, is another year older as well. Obviously adding Bunting and then Jarvis being on the team for a while and is another year older. Um, I think that's going to be really great for them in terms of getting uh, extra goals because something that we've always talked about is this is a team that could just use an easy goal. And Harper, I know that's a quote that you like to bring up from, from Rod the Bod because it's true. This team has you know, perpetually been in the situation where they play this great system and they're so great defensively and they get goals throughout the lineup, but they kind of lack that star power. So it's hard to sort of get an easy one, but I'm confident that this forward group will be just as good as last year, if not better. Um, and then on defense, adding Orlov, who is the biggest fish in the offseason, and D'Angelo, who I know a lot of teams in the league wouldn't even think about touching, but He's still a pretty damn good player. I think he was yeah. a, a mid 40 point player last year, and he's going to be playing on their third pair more than likely. So 
that defense group is just insane. They're going to get so much offense from the back end. I'm not worried about offense for this team at all. I think they are a perennial Stanley Cup contender. And we'll see what happens in this division. I landed on number two just because I like the Devils more. But like you mentioned, Case, one point separated these two teams last year. And one point actually separated the Maple Leafs from this team last year. So it's the same song and dance this season. And and we'll see what happens. But it's going to be an exciting race. That's for sure. Well, I hope it's one and two Devils Carolina because I don't want to face them in the first round. Yeah, they, they do team. turn it on in the playoffs, you know. Yeah, yeah, they sure do. I, I do think, uh, the you know, these two teams that, that were starting off with New Jersey and Carolina are kind of interchangeable. I could see, you know, one or the other finishing at the top of the division. Um, but I, I do favor the Devils just a, a smidge over this team. But look, I mean, the, the Canes are loaded as well and a very, very deep team. And especially that blue line. Like we, we've been talking for years about how good this blue line is. And it's like, Oh, they add Brent Burns. Great first season last year, and and uh, was was a, a dark horse pick for for the Norris Trophy. He was that good. Brett Pesci is still there. We wonder about his future, but for for right now, looks like he's sticking around, and he's going to start the season with the Canes. Orlov on a short term deal. D'Angelo is back in the mix, uh, Slavin and Shea. So uh, they're loaded on the back end as usual. They added some snarl up front in in Michael Bunting. I mean, I, I think a, a player like that is going to fit right in with how Rod Brindamore likes his team to play and his system and all of that. Martin Natchez took a huge step forward last year in, in becoming an elite player in this league, getting Svechnikov back healthy and ready to go is going to be huge for this team once again and uh, a couple of very underrated players in the bottom six Martinuk what a postseason he had uh, Stefan Nason as well there's a former devil for you case uh, he's fit in so well with this team so it's a very similar looking group with some uh, some nice ads to just give them that extra oomph. And yes, we've we've said this many times that the style of play uh, that Rod uh, that Rod likes to play um, kind of suppresses the offense. I think a little bit, but this team is is still going to score a bunch, and uh, and they're very deep and they're a contender. But yeah, that's the one question for me: is can this team finally win when they get to the final four and we'll see if they even get there but i think that uh the devils and the hurricanes are going to be arm wrestling all year long for the top spot in this division definitely all right let's go to our number three spot and uh we 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 mentioned them already a a few minutes ago but uh i think that uh there's a good chance that all three of us have the new york rangers in uh in the number three spot so case uh let's talk about uh the rangers yeah i mean i always or i already mentioned that they're the other third team in my opinion that could win this division i do have them as the third of the the third best of those three um you know they made some offseason ads but they also lost kane and tarasenko so i think they just made kind of horizontal movement when it when it came to the offseason and i think that when i look at this team you know 
the, the offense is as good as it always is. Once again, they're going to be looking for the young guys to step up, but they still have their studs and their Kreider and Zabinajad and Panarin. So, you know, not much has changed up front. And, and hopefully Lafreniere, Capocacco, Hedl, all these guys continue to get better and, uh, you know, add to the goal scoring for them. When I look at the decor, I already like them more than I did last year just because they've grown on me, I guess. You know, there's not much change here, just Gustafson coming in. But when I look at the back end, it, it, it's a it's six guys, maybe five guys that you're really keeping your head up when you're out there. Truba is going to be trying to take your, your noggin off with an elbow for sure. Let's see how many times he gets suspended this year. Ryan Lindgren plays with Snarl as well. Keandre Miller is also going to step up and take hits. And Schneider is kind of like a Cronwall out there in the way that he throws his body around. And then there's Adam Fox. You got to keep your head up because he's going to pickpocket you, go the other way, and score on a breakaway. So I, I really like their decor. One of their stronger suit or assets for sure. But let's face it, we all know the biggest strength of this team is in net. And Shesterkin can just steal so many goal or games for them. And, uh, you know, he had an off season last year. And he was still one of the best goalies in the league. So I don't have to say too much more about the Rangers. Plus, I'm I'm holding back a gag right now talking about them. So I, I'll I'll go ahead and pass it on to Chad to continue to talk talk good about the Rangers. Yeah. So I also have the Rangers at number three. This is shocking, by the way. I feel like this may be the only division where we one, two, and three we are all aligned, which is kind of crazy but just based off last year's standings it's not like we're just repeating the same thing because we swap one and two so i think it'll get more interesting four through eight but for number three staying with the rangers i like their forward group like casey said it's going to be just as good you know you don't have a patrick kane or uh vlad tarasenko saying that five years ago would have meant a lot more both of those players are still pretty good but you're not as bummed not to have them going into this year you added a blake wheeler for an incredible deal by the way um just at around 800k so or exactly 800k so that's a solid deal he adds to the forward group and speaking of the younger players as well the guys like cap capo caco and alexi lafreniere you guys both know, I, I believe in both of those guys, even still. Last season, they were both about half a point per game. They both played almost exactly 15 minutes a night, and that was with the additions of Tarasenko and Kane. So I'm wondering if this year they play a little bit more and and get a little bit more opportunity, and they're able to score not at crazy paces. I don't expect either of them to be a point-per-game player because I still think they're going to be middle six players, especially on that kid line with Philip Hedl as well. But I think we just kind of have to accept the fact that as middle six players, they're going to be pretty good in chipping in secondary offense. So I, I really like how this team is structured up front. And then on the back just, end case. Oh, just yeah, quick, Chad. I do, like, I believe in Lafreniere more so. And I think that he still has just some incredible upside. But I got to say, he was on a milk carton in the playoffs. Uh, and you yeah. don't want to see that side of him again. I, I would like to look back to the, the regular season when he was making an impact, especially late in the year. So, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, like you say, down the stretch, he was pretty good. Him and Kako, 
like I've come to the conclusion that they're not going to be superstars because they're just not going to be given the opportunity. You know, unfortunately, they're playing behind a pretty good top six. And, you know, I've been saying for years, if they just played more, they would have better results. That may still be the case. But if they play, you know, 16, 17 minutes a night, an extra minute or two from last year, I could see them both putting up 50, maybe even 60 points if they have a good season. So I'm looking forward to that. I think the forward group is is really well structured. And then on the back end, like you mentioned, they have a lot of guys who play the game hard and also move the puck really well. Speaking mostly of guys like Adam Fox and Braden Schneider. So I really like this group. I think Gustafson will will add some offense to that group as well, which is a bit of an underrated ad. I don't think many people are talking about it. Gustafson had a really good year last year in Washington. And then when he came to the Maple Leafs, he sort of got buried because he is a bit mistake prone. But it's one of those things like if he fits in a system, he will succeed. And I think he could fit in this system. And then just quickly goaltending. You have no worries there with Shesterkin and Jonathan Quick backing him up this season. Even though Quick wasn't great last year, um, I think the expectations were too high for him. And now solidifying himself as a backup going into this season and not having any expectations to be anything more than that, I think is perfect. And oh yeah, by the way, he got another Stanley Cup. So uh, I think this team is extremely well built top to bottom and third in the division just seems right to me not because i don't think this team is good i just think the two above uh, this team are just that much better yeah totally agree i'm going to keep it short and sweet on the rangers because uh you guys both kind of said it all and and just going to um you know this roster and you're you're looking at it top to bottom all of a sudden this has turned into uh, an older group you know there are a lot of veterans on this team and you look at uh, a couple of ads they made this summer that uh you know you could look at uh, at the ads of blake wheeler and and eric gustafson and their price tags and say that uh, uh, they were uh, a few of the best bargains of, of the offseason. I absolutely think that Eric Gustafson is going to fit in well with this team and be able to put up some points because guess who's the head coach? Peter Laviolette, who he had in Washington, where he had a lot of success and uh, and played really well and fit in really well under him um, before he got uh, shipped off to the Maple Leafs at the deadline. Um so and 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 that's that's what I kind of wanted to focus on since you guys really touched on everything else it is that uh, I, I think that Laviolette is the perfect coach for this team. And if you look at his track record, he's been able to come in and make an impact right away. And uh, I could see, you know, I, I could see this team as well, uh, you know, going to the Stanley Cup finals in, in the first year that, that he takes over behind the bench because he he has that track record of coming in, making impact, uh, turning things around right away and, uh, and having that that team success so um they're, they're a contender for sure third spot in this division definitely seems right final four appearance in uh 21 22 i think we're gonna see a motivated group after losing uh the battle of the hudson there and in, in round one to your devil's case and uh the one player i'm gonna be watching for uh when it comes to you know 
that motivation and that fire coming into this season after that first round exit. Not a great playoffs for him as well as Artemi Panarin. He's got three years left on his deal, one of the highest paid players in the league, and, uh, you know, kind of disappeared on a lot of nights in that first round series against the Devils. So going to be watching out for him. But yeah, the Rangers are for real and they're right in the mix when it comes to uh, contenders. For sure. All right, now uh, is is where it definitely gets interesting, I think. And, uh, you know, I, I think in the 7 and 8 spot, uh, it's it's two teams, really. But uh, 4, 5, and 6, it could it could go in in any uh, in any which way. So let's get to the number four spot here, Case. Yeah, I have the Penguins. Um, I think that Dubas has come in and made a lot of moves that uh, have improved this team. Um, I think that in the first time, in my opinion, maybe in the last four years or more, I think that this forward core is something that resembles a normal team, if I can say that, and then maybe explain myself a little bit here, where they have you know, a bottom six with the grittier players that are going to bump and grind and get it in deep, and then you have a top six with your strong two one-two punch centers and scoring wingers. Um, you know, maybe Daily Faceoff doesn't agree with me right now where some of these guys will play. When Jake Gensel comes back, what I'm saying is going to make a lot more sense. But, you know, you're going to have Crosby, Gensel, and, and Raquel. You're going to have Smith, Malkin, Rust, Jeff Carter maybe up there instead of Rust. Who knows? But it resembles a natural standard forward core, and I like it a lot. Plus, Crosby and Malkin haven't taken a step back yet, so just continue to expect great things from them. Um, I really like the center core in general because Lars Eller and Noel Chari, that's going to be a great bottom six uh, one-two punch, just literally uh, you know, smashing you into the board, so love that. Um, and then when I look at the decor, it's another you know, revamped decor because of Dubis and uh, bringing in Carlson and Graves obviously two of the bigger ads of the offseason on the back end uh carlson a lot more than the than graves but this is a group that has that defensive defenseman offensive defensive pairing that i've talked about a ton that i love so much and uh yeah they're they're gonna get a lot of breakout passes between Latang and carlson it's gonna be fun to watch back there the one thing that scares me about this team is goaltending uh tristan jerry had a tough year last year uh he's coming into his new contract this year so a lot of expectations on him and then their backup Nadalkovic also struggled and you know he, we've seen glimpses of him but there's been more struggles lately so we'll see what what the goaltending can be for them but i think that four makes a lot of sense for this team in my mind i think that dubas has come in and they're starting to look more like the Leafs with the, with the four core and they're going to be good in the off se- or the regular season. And then who knows what's going to happen in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. So we are four for four, my guy, this has not happened in forever. 
So this is, I mean, take notes if you're listening, because this won't happen again for a long time. But I also have the Pittsburgh Penguins in the number four spot. Uh, You mentioned a lot of great points. I wanted to sort of reiterate that I also love the forward core. I love how it's structured now. Adding a guy like Riley Smith, I feel like was a sneaky add to the top six. And then to the bottom six, adding guys like Nolachari, Lars Eller, Rem Pitlick, Matt Nieto. Those are some guys who might not play every game, but just bottom six type players, which I feel like they lacked in the past, or if they did have them, those sorts of players weren't very capable. So I really like how it's structured now. Exactly. I think there were were AHLers down there, and then they were kind of trying to sneak some third or fourth liners onto Crosby's wing at times to to spark something. So yeah, structure. Very true. Great word, Chad. (laughs) Yeah, the way that it's built. And I mean, like you mentioned, that's all on Kyle Dubas. I'm going to say it. I'll probably say it next episode as well when we talk about the Atlantic. But I think it was a huge mistake for the Maple Leafs and Kyle Dubas to have that falling out. Um, You can say who the mistake is on and we can play the blame game that happened ages ago, it felt like. But uh, he's done a pretty damn good job with this team in fairly short order and I feel like he's made the moves that people have been saying Pittsburgh should make for the last three plus years where you know you can clearly see that their best players are still pretty good like you mentioned Crosby and 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 Malkin haven't really taken a step back I mean I'm pretty sure Crosby had almost 95 points last season and Malkin around the same so they're both really good but some of the other players, you know, Chris Letang, can he handle first line duties every single night? Who knows? Well, Duba seemed to answer that question by bringing in Eric Carlson and and then protecting those guys with uh, a player like Ryan Graves and, and then also having Marcus Pedersen. And just the way that it, this team is structured now, I feel like they are a legit playoff team. And... I think they're way better than they were last season. And last season, they only missed the playoffs by a couple points. So I think they're well positioned to make the playoffs this year, get back onto the dance floor, and then see what happens there and maybe get some of these older guys one more cup because that would be so, so special. And just one more thing I wanted to mention uh, before passing it off uh, about this team is that last season at five on five, their expected goals with a completely different forward group was eighth in the NHL. But their actual goals below expected was 36, putting them dead last in the NHL. So they scored 36 fewer goals than they were expected to. You know, a lot of the time you can put that on not having finishing talent, or you can put that on being unlucky. I think when it's 36 goals below expected. It's probably a combination of both. Well, going forward, I think their forward group is even more capable this year, and that should sort of regress towards the middle a bit, and they should be a high-flying offensive team, especially after adding Eric Carlson as well, who, you know, you can mention he's probably going to regress a bit. He's not going to be a 100-point player, but he's still going to be an offensive dynamo. So I just wanted to mention that stat because I thought it was interesting when I was doing some research. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting for sure. And uh, let's let's keep this train on on the tracks, baby. <laughs> I've got Pittsburgh in the four spot as well. Wow. So how about that? Th- this is the nice pod where we're just going along and we're agreeing with each other and smiles well, pe- and people came for an argument, Harper, and we're agreeing <laughs> on everything. Yeah, <laughs> at number five and six, maybe. Yeah, we'll we'll see how the rest of it shakes out, but um, yeah, I, I've got the Penguins at number four as well. Um, you know, Dubis uh, comes in and and really shakes up this roster, and and I think he's done a great job as well, and and agree with uh, a lot of the things that that you guys have have mentioned. I do wonder how the Latang and Carlson dynamic is going to work on on that blue line. I you know you look at the roster on paper, and it's great having the, the two of them, but. But I just I, I do have my skepticisms a, a little bit about it. I mean, two great players, but we saw how Carlson and Brent Burns were on the same roster in San Jose. That didn't exactly work either. So, um, you know, which one is going to emerge as the guy on this blue line? You would think it's Carlson who will, I think, regress a, a little bit points-wise this season. But having those two guys, Ryan Graves, a great defenseman as, as well, solid uh, top four guy. They're expecting Marcus Patterson to to really bounce back and and be a key player for them back there. He's only 27 years old as well. And then I'm not going to say a, a, a whole uh, a whole lot more about the forward group. I think you guys touched on a lot of it. But what I will say is it's always a good thing to come into a new season with a pissed off Sidney Crosby after how last year ended, not being in the playoffs. You know that he's determined as hell to have a good camp get everybody uh, on the same page, ready to go and come in determined as hell to, to um, you know, get back into the mix this season. And they certainly have an opportunity to do so. Someone listened to his 32 thoughts interview, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I might have. <laughs> I listened to it today. It was good. But yeah, he is yeah. pissed and ready to compete for another cup this year. It'll be yeah. fun. And, and that... That is uh, that is a little bit scary for for this division and the rest of the league. That's for sure. Even his own teammates too. I think there will be a few moments where it's like, holy crap! Okay, it's time to wake up and get going here. But anyway, um, no roster looks good. Dubas has done a good job. Mike Sullivan, great coach, and th- they'll be right back into the mix for sure. All right, number five. This is where it uh, we could see the first shakeup in our preseason rankings here. We'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, let's go to number five now. You know, I've, I've kind of, each time here, you, you dish it off to me, I go into a bit of a long paragraph about each team. This is going to be the shortest amount of time I spend on a team probably in this whole series, and I can totally be convinced of a different team in this spot, but I do have the New York Islanders in fifth. Um, offense, nothing new to talk about. Defense, same. Goaltending, they got a good goalie. They were second in save percentage last year and second in shutouts. Sorokin's going to steal games for these guys. That's all I have to say about this team. Their additions were Goche. That's it. So nothing changed. 
They're going to play the same boring defensive hockey and they're going to keep the puck out of the net, pop a couple in there. Um, you know, Horvat, they've got him for a full season here. So maybe he'll score some more goals. But I have just about nothing to say about this team who's going to come fifth. Uh, case, would you look at that? We're five for five. I also had the New York Islanders in oh this five spot, but I will say I had a really hard time between this team and I'm assuming the next team we're going to talk about in the Washington Capitals, because even though the Washington Capitals are aging and they lost a couple players, they're still going to be a pretty good team. The determining factor for me, I guess there were two uh, when choosing the New York Islanders over the Washington Capitals. Number one was just depth on this team up front and on the back end. I just feel like this team has more depth and they have players on that fourth line, for example, who play a style that you expect from a fourth line. And I just don't know if Washington has that same sort of depth <clears throat> up front in terms of their role players. They lost a few players, uh, Connor Brown and also a Lars Eller. So I just don't know if I love the structure of that group as much. And then the second thing is just team defense. I feel like even though Washington may have more weapons up front and on the back end and will probably score more goals by the end of the season, no matter where they finish in the standings, I just feel like the New York Islanders commitment to team defense has them above Washington in my mind. So again, I was kind of the same as UK's. I was willing to be convinced either way, but I think that's where I'm going to have to go. New York Islanders, number five, Washington Capitals, number six. Harper, thoughts on that? Well, uh, I am going to shake things up a bit in, in our preseason rankings uh, for the first time this episode. I've got Washington in the five spot, New York at six, but I'll touch on the Islanders quickly. Watching the Islanders this offseason, it was kind of like watching Oprah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you get a car, no. you get a car, you get a car. You get a seven-year deal. You get a seven-year deal. So do you. <laughs> so, um, you know, Lou Lamorello, we know that he loves to bet on term. Uh, Chad, think back to the seven-year deal that Nikita Zaitsev got once upon a time. Oh. Jesus. And another former Leaf got one on this team in, in Pierre Engvall. So, you know, um, love it or don't, th this, uh, and we obviously don't, like it very much this team is has been picked it's been chosen and it's going to be together for a long time but uh i i just you know looking at the way that this team plays i think that you know their style of play really depletes the the offensive potential of of a guy like matthew barzell and and uh and and other guys in this lineup um you know that that fourth line obviously is is such a huge part of their identity martin sezekis and, and clutterbuck and so you can definitely count on those three to crash and bang all year long and and in a playoff series as well and i will say looking at the forward group you know i was happy for a guy like hudson fashing who really took a a step later in his career last year and has fit in well with this team and they've got some underrated blue liners as well mayfield who got locked up and pulak and and pellick and dobson and that's good and you always have a chance to win with sorokin but just it, it it's the same roster for me and i just i like the capitals better and especially if they can stay healthy i got to give them the edge so i'm shaking it up 
Islanders at this in the sixth spot for me, but I'm willing to put them in five. And then Washington is obviously next. Bring on the argument because I have Washington in seven. So, oh, seven. I do not believe in that team at all. And uh, I see them taking a significant step back this year. I look at a team that struggled to score goals. Did you hear that? The Washington Capitals struggling mm-hmm. to score goals? Well, they did at times last year, and I don't think they really brought much in to change that. Um, you know, they brought in, you know, the ghost of Max Pacioretty. Uh, we'll see if he even plays much this year as their key to fixing the scoring on this team. And then, as Chad mentioned, it's really a team that doesn't play team defense and if you're not scoring goals and you don't play team defense and you know the back end i think lacks quality as well i'll say in a in the nicest way possible i do like fairvari john carlson's good every single year happy to see if rasmus dalian can take some spotlight and really step up but for the most part you know it's kind of bland and it's the same as as last year so um I think that a team that is struggling at scoring and lacks team defense, I just t- see them taking a step back this year as they get another year older, as well as, um, I mean, really their their strong point is their goaltending. It's kind of it. And at that, they're still, it's, you know, it's not that far above average. It's above average, but that's it. So I have another team that I'm a little more excited for this year over the Washington Capitals. I certainly had the Islanders over the Capitals is what I'm getting at, but I did have Washington taking a major step back this year and being the first, we were kind of wondering who is it going to be, the Penguins or the Capitals? Well, for me, it's the Capitals are going to be the first team to step back. Okay, so let me say a couple things about Washington here. I think we're firm on the New York Islanders then in the number five spot and now we're between Washington and another team in that number six spot Harper and I have Washington Casey as a different team I think we all know who it is Um, but let me talk about Washington for a sec you mentioned that they're not going to score a lot of goals this year and they because they didn't score a lot last year the only thing I'll say to that is they had a ton of injuries last yeah. season. John Carlson was barely healthy all year. He had major surgery. He'll be back at the start of the season. He is their absolute horse on the back end, so I'm expecting him to have a great year. They also added Rasmus Sandin in an elevated role, not Dallin, by the way. I wanted to correct you when you said that case, but Sandin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, we obviously knew what you, you meant. You know what I meant. Um, and in an elevated role, compared to what he was doing in Toronto, I think Sandine is in a good position to flourish this season. And though I don't think he'll be in the upper echelon of offensive defensemen, I think he's poised to have a good season. And I wouldn't be shocked if he was in the 40 to 50 point range. And then up front, having a guy like Tom Wilson, healthy all season again, I think is a massive addition, if you want to call it an addition to this team. Um, And then another guy, Sonny Milano. I don't know how many goals you're going to get out of Sonny Milano, but that's another player that they added. So I think they will be better offensive than last season. But just talking about them in comparison to the Islanders, I think we can all admit admit they don't play as sound defensively, and that's why the Islanders ultimately won that spot. I'm going to read off some numbers for you. Okay. 37, 36, 35, 33. Is that goal scored last year, or is that the age of their best players? 
<laughs> I mean, if that's age, then look no further than the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are also aging, who and we put didn't them in take four. Who, whose best players did not take a step back last year. And I'll, I'll, I'm adding getting injured as taking a step back because the probability of that happening increases when you get to the age of 37, 36, 35, 33. So that's kind of my main point here. It's a team that's always been good at scoring. They struggle to score. I understood there's injuries, but that comes with the territory of being an old core. So I don't know. I, 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 I'm totally willing to let these guys land in six. Like I'm going to uh, capitulate here, but I just want it to be on record that I think that this is the year they take a step back. Boy, do I hope Ovechkin scores 50 goals. Like that'd be yeah. fun. That'd be a cool story. But um, I, as a team, I just, I don't think that they made enough moves. And in fact, the guys they lost are going to make way more of an impact on this season than the, the guys they brought in so i think that's a fair point so case why don't you tell us about the philadelphia flyers in the seven spot then <laughs> yeah man well they just got couturier back and i think that that's going to add a lot of no i did not have the philadelphia flyers um in that spot i had the columbus blue jackets who i think that just got unlucky last year i, I don't think that they were going to be a good team but i think that we expected more from them last year and i think that they're going to get even better this year with their additions um the offense it's going to come i think that there's a lot of young guys with a lot of talent on this team and i expect fantilly to be in that calder race for sure kent johnson another year of him he was fun to watch always is fun to watch and he's going to be another talented player cole sillinger we hope he bounces back to kind of that first year cole sillinger but then that top line is full of veterans who can score uh boone jenner's one of the most complete players in the national hockey league he's actually one of the best fantasy players you could ever pick up so but johnny gaudreau you know we're expecting him to bounce back to try to be that 100 point guy for these guys and i really love the top nine when it comes to scoring that's that's really what these guys are it's going to be a, a fun team to watch and then the back end boy did they improve adding provorov and severson you know i've i've had negative opinions about severson in the past just like every devil's fan has he was a jake gardner he was a polarizing player where you love him or you hate him and that can flip-flop because he makes some mistakes in the in the in your own zone all the time but boy he's one of the best breakout passers in the league as well i can't even count the amount of times that he hit a devil's player on the far blue line from like behind his net with a tape to tape pass breakaway jesper bratt little in the net um so i'm excited to see what this decor can bring they have zach Varinsky for the season this year he missed a lot of time last year he's their guy so this top four looks very strong and then you're hoping that you know adam quote bulkfist with a little less spotlight on him and maybe some more favorable matches can uh can make an impact on this team as well the question mark obviously is goaltending but once again voodoo magic beans absolute nonsense whatever you know whatever classification you want to put on that that we have said in the past about goaltending that's what we're expecting out of this team we saw tarasov have some some bright moments at times we've seen mers lincoln's be a number one goalie on you know like a 
a starting goalie in the National Hockey League before. He struggled last year, but we'll see what 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 guy we get this year. And I think that this team's ready to make a big step. I'm sure they have a lot of internal competition, just as the Devils do, with being a kind of full rebuild team. And their prospect their prospect pool is nasty, and they put up oodles and doodles of goals in that prospect camp. So I'm excited to see which one of them can try to crack the, the roster this year. And I don't know, I guess I'm just overly optimistic about Columbus, whereas I feel pretty grim about the Washington Capital State. So um, yeah, I guess you know the argument is that there's a lot of youth here and the goaltending is iffy. So I can hear where you guys have them at seven, but I personally have a lot of potential and a lot of upside on this team and I'm excited. Chad, yeah. can I just uh, jump in real quick? Sure. I, I didn't really get to uh, give a thought or two on Washington, so I'll just, oh, I'll yeah, just sure. be super quick. But um, uh, look, it, it's it's an aging core. There's no doubt. It's like the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think we can agree that, you know, the Penguins roster looks uh, stronger and, and, you know, a lot of their veterans didn't take a step back last year like you mentioned case but i just think that you know injuries plagued this team last year and and that was such a huge thing getting a healthy tom wilson back who's got a fresh new contract i think he's going to be so motivated to um you know get back and and make an impact i think that uh spencer carberry will do a really great job behind the bench he's a guy that uh that they have history with they know him and he knows a lot of the uh the players on this team but there are a few question marks, you know, Evgeny Kuznetsov has got to come out and have a good year. Nick Backstrom, what kind of shape is he going to be in? I do like the ad of Joel Edmondson on the blue line to kind of stabilize things. And Chad, I do disagree with the point that you made earlier that the Islanders are a little bit deeper up front. I will say that I think the Capitals are deeper uh, with that forward group, with the guys that they have that can come in when there are injuries. The Hershey Bears just won the Calder Cup last year, and so the players that are going to get in opportunity to come back in depth wise Matthew Phillips who they just added uh, who had a really strong year in the AHL last year Mitch Love his head coach uh, with the Wranglers by the way is is on the bench as an assistant in Washington so there's a guy McMichael Lapierre another year for Protus and his development Ryan Leonard could make this team as well uh, out of out of camp if if he has a strong showing. So I think there's a lot of depth there, and uh, I just think that health, consistency, all of that. If those things go well, this team could be a playoff team. Yeah, my last my last counterpoint here is that the teams that you play the most are your division. And when I look at who the Washington Capitals are going to be playing, I think that the speed of this team is going to hold them back when they're going to be playing a Devils, Rangers, Carolina four times each throughout this year. And when you're fighting for precious, precious, precious points in the East Conference to try to make the playoffs, then you need to be beating the teams in your division. And that's going to be hard when you don't have the speed of the other teams, even Columbus, the speed of that team compared to Washington Capitals. You know, I'm sure... They're going to be able to try to suffocate guy, the those other teams by by playing the body, but I just don't know how they're going to react to playing the New Jersey Devils when when Jack Hughes can outskate every guy on this team. Yeah, and just a point on the depth harp. Fair enough. Like they have a lot of guys who could come in and maybe make an impact offensively. I think if I were to rephrase my point about the Islanders having better depth up front than the Capitals, I would say that. 
they have more solidified depth. They have players who play a specific role and you know exactly what you're going to get from them. And I just don't think that the Capitals have that, even though they have more weapons who are sort of on the brink of making a team and making the impact, making sure. an impact. Yep. So, okay. That's uh, yeah. I'll, I'll agree with that. Yep. Yeah. So going back to Columbus now, which is, I, I think what we were talking about b- before that and Columbus at the number seven spot, Case mentioned a lot of good points about how they've really improved and, you know, how they have a lot of good up and coming young players. Case, we didn't even really mention a guy like uh, David Juracek, who finds himself in a bit of a logjam on the back end. You know, Wierenski, Severson, Provorov, Peak, that's going to be your top four. Gabranson and Boquist are probably going to be on your bottom pair. But then they also have a guy, Jake Bean, is still kicking around. Nick Blankenberg and David Juracek. All of those Isn't there also like Knazko and um, Matejchuk? Like, yeah, those are guys I didn't mention because there is such a logjam. And that's what I was saying about the internal competition. I was excited to see who's going to make this team. It's not just the forwards, it's defense. And the fact that I almost forgot about David Juracek is, is, I don't know, maybe a little telling. Corson Coolman as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sfozil. I mean, I think he's a bit further out, but so many guys on, on this team who are eventually going to make it. But with all that being said, I just don't think this team is quite ready to challenge for a playoff spot. I think they're maybe a year or two away from being a competitive playoff bubble team. They could surprise me because you never really know what young players are going to do in the league, but I just have more confidence betting on players who I know how they're going to perform with the New York Islanders and the Washington Capitals. So that's why I have them at seven. I had them at six, but I didn't say they're going to be a playoff team. No. Yeah, no. Fair enough. But six at least, you know, puts them into the conversation of maybe could make the playoffs if a few bounces go their way over the course of the season. A bit of more of a bubble team. But yeah, that that's where I have them in the seven spot. I think they're comfortably there, in my opinion. But that being said, of all teams in this division, this is the one team that I think could be the most surprising and and could be really good. I relative to expectations to mention something that i had in my notes babcock leaving i think that's actually going to be a positive impact believe it or not yeah i can't believe i gave him the benefit of the doubt because i thought that what happened was such a ridiculous thing that i was like well there's no way that could be true i gave him the benefit of the doubt and i should be eating my own words because boy was that stupid but yeah. him leaving like think about what happened there that's a team coming together and standing up for each other. Boone Jenner, you know, he's got a gun to his head when he's saying those press conferences. Yeah. But I feel like that they're really going to form together because of that. And, uh, you know, it's some accidental 3D chess by Kakalain. And so, well, I mean, see the impact of that. But I think it's going to be for the best. Uh, I agree with that. You just hope that the players understand the context when they think about Boone Jenner and the statement that he put out jointly with Mike Babcock because uh, like you just said he had a gun to his head you just really hope that the players understand the situation he was put in and was sort of forced to do that we think anyways because that would be the last thing you want players turning on their captain who essentially didn't choose the players in terms of who he was advocating for so yeah, no, I, th- I think that they get it. It's He doesn't have much of a choice there. And I think his 
his character is gonna you know if he gets put on testimony it's gonna it's gonna be they're gonna be fine with it (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. he's captain for a reason he was captain like the in the way that adam lowry or lori is on winnipeg where there's a lot of really good players that he was picked over because of his attitude his demeanor his character so Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and uh you know guys i mean you both know how riled up i got in the group chat uh, when the whole babcock thing first came out and we didn't know a lot at at that time right and so um there there were a lot of questions about the reporting and what actually happened and uh believe me there are plenty of times where i've gotten riled up at something and uh it completely backfires and it's not what what i think but um but you know was kind of had a right to to get riled up about it and and what has happened has happened he's now out Pascal Vincent comes in and who probably should have been the higher anyways but what's done is done I do agree I think this group will become stronger uh, because of of all of this they've got a lot of exciting young talent they uh, were just ranked as having the number one prospect pool in the NHL I can certainly get behind that Fantilli looked fantastic. You know, everyone's talking about how Connor Bedard got a hat trick in uh in in a in in a uh, rookie game over the weekend and looked fantastic. Well, so did Adam Fantilli. It's just too bad that the Babcock stuff dominated yeah. the headlines when it comes to this team, but uh that's going to go away now and we're going to be talking about Fantilli and all the exciting young players on this team. I think that they are really going to take a step. Guys that are looking for for bounce back years as well. Ivan Provorov finally getting out of Philadelphia and having a change of scenery. Big theme on this pod, of course. I think he's going to have a, a, a good season if he can stay healthy. Johnny Goudreau in his second year, he's finally settled in now. You'd have to think a healthy Zach Rowenski a bounce back year from Cole Sillinger. This team should be able to really take a step and uh, be a lot better than the 59 points that they had last season. It was just a disaster for them. And this team was also plagued by injuries when Mm -hmm. you look at them as well, going back to uh, that same point that we made about the Capitals. But yeah, the goaltending. We wonder about that. Tarasov seen as the goalie of the future. Um, What do we get out of him? Merzlikens, we've seen him he, he can be one of the top goalies in, in the league. We've seen that uh, out of him before. So what kind of year does he have? But with what they've got, with what they're building, this team is certainly going to take a step. And I could see them being in that, you know, 80, 82 point range. Yep. All right, let's go to uh, our final spot. And uh, again, you know, for the most part, we've we've been uh, we've been aligned with uh, with where everyone is, and we knew that uh, you know four to seven, even I guess, uh, with with Case having uh, the jackets higher up than seven, that uh, there was going to be some debate in there, which is great. But uh, number eight, we've got the Philadelphia Flyers. So Case, why don't you start us off talking about Philly, the rebuild? is underway under the Danny Briere regime. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a rebuilding team this year, but they got the news today that Couturier and Atkinson are going to be healthy come preseason. So I think that 
is going to change things a little bit for them in my opinion i think that they're actually going to be maybe more like a san jose where they're accidentally winning games taking them out of contention for that number one pick next year and yeah i think they'll be able to spoil a lot of games they've got some decent players on this team and you know kind of sprinkled all throughout where they have you know one or two defensemen that i like on this team and then some forwards that have that have been strong in the past and a Faraby and a, a Tippett who really stepped up for them last year when no one else would and Atkinson in the past and Couturier in the past Konechny was you know their best player in the last two years so there's a couple guys here and that's really it they're going to be looking to rebuild but I think that they're going to accidentally win some games here I'd really like to see Carter Hart move on from this team um, Blackwood did the same they've been linked in their careers since um, the world juniors and well major junior in general so i think maybe he should do the same thing and, and get on another team and i'd like to see that for his development but um a lot's going to be on him and it, it's it's not going to help that this team's going to be poor in front of him yeah i mean this team was bad last year and they got even worse this offseason losing players like Provorov and D'Angelo and Hayes and not really adding many players, you know, aside from a guy like Hathaway and Ryan Paling and then just having some healthy players up front. But this team is not going to be very good, but that's okay because they drafted Matt Fave Michkov and he is going to save this franchise in a couple years. So I think this team will be towards the bottom of the standings and that will be a good thing if they were to get a high draft pick again. But, uh, you know, like you said, Case, I wouldn't be shocked if they steal a few games because they still do have some weapons up front. Um, but yeah, all of that being said, makes too much sense to put them in the number eight spot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this was a layup for sure. And, and looking at this team, um, didn't really know how... Uh, you know, a few of their young players really took a step forward last year. And, and uh, one player in particular that I'm going to be watching is Morgan Frost. He had 46 points last year, finally took a step forward. It felt like we've been waiting for him to, to really come along and take that step for a while. Now, Owen Tippett has fit in really well with this team as well. Noah Cates and, you know, getting guys like uh, Atkinson and Couturier back will be huge for, uh, for this team. Team and uh, I agree. I think they're going to surprise us. I, I think that uh, they're going to win a lot more games than they're expected. I could see them even finishing with 70 points or so, like like Arizona last year, just kind of winning more games and being in more games than they're supposed to uh, because of John Tortorella. Like, say what you want about him, but he's got these guys committed to good work ethic and competing every night love the ad of garnet hathaway like is that guy a flyer or what um so yeah i i think that this, this team is going to surprise us on some nights but they're a lottery team for sure one of the four or five that that will be in the mix for for that number one overall pick whether it's celebrini or iserman or or uh whoever and and that's good that's what this team needs to do they need to commit to the rebuild and uh just be at the bottom for a few years wait for michkov to get in cutter gauthier oliver bonk whoever they get in the 2024 draft and the list goes on but yeah another year for the rebuild and glad they're finally committing to it yep 
All right, there we go. Well, there's one through eight for the Metro division. A lot of uh, agreements on uh, on a lot of those picks, but some debate towards the end. So uh, that was another great one, boys. And uh, we'll finish off our preseason division rankings next week with the good old Atlantic. And, and that'll be a wrap on that. So uh, fun as always. Thanks so much for listening to episode 182. And we'll chat with you again next week. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at patreon.com slash boysinthebooth.